How's everybody doing? Back again with another episode on the podcast. This is Pastor Calvin McClendon, Princeton House of Prayer in Princeton, Texas. Hope everybody's doing all right. Enjoying your night, having a blessed night. Hope your family is safe. Hope everything's going good for you on the job. Hope everything's going for you overall in life. Wanted to come with you really quick on just a quick episode here. And I wanted to run over jealousy. Jealousy, that's right. A lot of times in church we talk about faith. We talk about the power of healing. We talk about Jesus, why he came to the earth. We talk about a lot of things. Money matters. I mean, some secular churches pretty much talk about faith and money. But you also have churches out there that talk about Jesus Christ, the baptism, the death, burial, and resurrection. Um, What I want to talk to you about is jealousy. Because uh, I actually was... It's kind of funny. It kind of came across me today. And I'm not perfect. I am uh, just a simple man. I'm a normal man like everybody else. But uh, this morning when I woke up, you know, uh, in my life, I never had a chance to attend high school. And uh, I woke up this morning and I was really, it was on my mind really good. I really was just in my mind. I was like, you know, I I really wish I could have went to high school started feeling down about it and I started thinking man everybody else went to high school but me everybody else got a chance to go to prom everybody else got a chance to go to dances they got a chance to walk across the stage they got a chance to do all the high school related activities play high school sports be a part of the high school clubs and I never got a chance to do that so I started feeling down and envious but then I know the Lord brought something to my attention. And I thank the Lord for that. And that's why you always give thanks to the Lord Jesus. I always give thanks to the God, to my God. Why? Because the Lord was showing me you have nothing to be envious about. That was your path in life. That was the path that I brought you down. Think about this. There's people in jail right now that never will get a chance to see the light of day. There's people that won't get a chance to see their kids. There's people that died at an early age that never had a chance to have kids. There's people that went to high school that are homeless now. There's people that went to high school that are on death row. There's people that went to high school that got into severe car accidents and they're uh, paralyzed. So just because what it appears to be, don't focus on what it appears to be. Because appearance can be deception. Why do I say that? Look at Robin Williams. Man, accomplished actor. Made millions of dollars. Well uh, known worldwide. But yet this man killed himself. He hung himself. Why? Appearance is deception. Just because a person... Uh, it looks like they have it all together. They have all the money. They have everything that a man could want. You don't know what their life is on the inside. You don't know what the life is behind closed doors. You know? And that's why it's important to have something to sustain you in your life. You got to have Jesus Christ, man. I'm just going to be honest with you. The Jesus Christ 
What comes with Jesus Christ is the spirit of peace. That's what the Holy Ghost is, the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit of peace inside of you. Because when all else is breaking down around you, when all hell is going on in your life, the spirit of peace, which is Jesus Christ, sustains you and it keeps you going. It keeps you through the hard times. You know, you, and I just thank the Lord for showing me that today because it's that will turn into jealousy. Why? I'm jealous because you got to do this in life and I didn't. I'm jealous because you have this and I don't. When the Lord is saying, no, jealousy is a sin. But if you work hard, right? What the Lord said, if you work hard, whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, the Lord will give it to you. You want a million dollars. Well, guess what? The Lord didn't say you couldn't have it. But the Lord got to see if you really are deserving of it. When you put in the hard work and you follow the commandments of God, the Lord has no problem of giving your heart's desires to you. If you wanted a million dollars bad enough and you went out there and sowed the seed, because the Bible says whatever a man sows, he will reap. If you want a million dollars that bad, you will go out there, invest, put your best foot forward. As long as you put the Lord first, I guarantee you, he'll give you that a million dollars if that is what you wanted. But would the Lord give you a million dollars just for your heart to turn against him and to not reverence the Lord? See, that's the flip side of that. The Bible says, so are the heavens higher than you, so are the Lord's thoughts in your ways. Now, for a person that don't really care about God and that's not really his main agenda, he'll make a million dollars off of just working hard, right? Off of the fruits of his labor. But for Christians, Christians, it kind of is, it's not the same thing. Because the Bible says, with all our heart and all our mind, we have to love the Lord. Our first works have to be the Lord. Our thoughts and our mind is focused on the Lord. So, if we are governed by the Lord, if everything we do, our steps are ordered by the Lord, if we work hard just like a man in the world that doesn't care about the Lord, and we want a million dollars like the man in the world, the Lord would give it to us, but only if we were deserving of it. Why? Because the Lord is not going to give us too much that we can't bear. We might work hard for that million dollars. But the Lord is not going to give it to us if that million dollars is going to take us from the love of Christ. See, the man in the world, he'll work hard for the million dollars. And what happens? He's going through all kind of hell. Man, money consumes his mind. All he cares about is money. All he cares about is the love of this world. But there's no love of God in him. See, the Lord will bless us too. And he'll give it to us. But... When he gives it to us, he knows we'll receive it, that we'll be ready. You never want to be jealous of anybody or anything or what they have or what they're doing. Our focus should be on serving the Lord. Doing, putting our best foot forward to serve the almighty God, Jesus Christ. Being the best person we can be in this world. Why? I've come to the point in my life where... It's more about me giving back. It's more about me giving to the community. It's more about me witnessing and uplifting the name of Jesus. 
It's more about me helping somebody other than helping myself. Why is that? The Bible says if any man wants to gain his life, he will lose it. Yeah, he will. But if any man loses his life for the gospel's sake, what do you mean by lose your life for the gospel's sake? Everything that you used to do growing up, everything that you love to do, your priorities, everything that was important to you. When you find Jesus, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, everything else has to take the back seat. Everything has to take the back seat, including family. Why do you say that? The Bible says if a man loves his family more than he loves the Lord, he's unfit for the kingdom of God. Why? The Lord ain't telling no man to toss his family to the side or to dismiss his family or to not love his family. That's not what the context of the scripture was saying. The Lord was saying is you have to put him and reverence him first. Not knowing when you put the Lord first, the Lord will take care of everything around you. He'll take care of your family. He'll take care of all your physical needs your spiritual needs, you put God first. Prime example, Abraham. Abraham, um, you know, he, he was uh, late in age. He was real late in age, but he always wanted that son. So the Lord finally gave him the son. And guess what the Lord told Abraham to do? I'm talking about late in age, not 60, 70, 80. I'm talking about Abraham was late in age. So he finally got the son that he always wanted. And what did the Lord say? He said, Abraham, I need you to sacrifice your son for me. Now, come on, man. If we were in our normal mind, we would have said, no, I ain't doing that. Lord, you know how long it took for me to get this son that you blessed me with? Man, you know how I waited all these years, all these long years to finally have a son. And in old age, you blessed me with a son. And now you want me to sacrifice. Now, I'm pretty sure in his mind, he was saying, Lord, I waited this long for a son. You give him to me just to have him taken away. But see, this was the thing about Abraham. In Abraham's heart, he was sold out for God. Nothing came first, not even his own desires. So Abraham, I know it was hard walking up that hill. I know it was hard from the time he grabbed his son all the way to the time he was about to sacrifice him. It was probably one of the hardest things in Abraham's life. Now the Lord, now come on now, the Lord wasn't going to honestly have Abraham sacrifice his son. But he had to put Abraham to the test to see where his faith and where his allegiance lied. So when Abraham, he was just about to sacrifice his son. As soon as he raised that blade, the angel came and said, hey, Abraham, the Lord has a ram in the bush for you. Look at that. The Lord already had a sacrifice for Abraham to, to sacrifice unto the Lord. But he was never going to do that. He was never going to have Abraham sacrifice his son. But since Abraham showed the ultimate, the passed the ultimate test unto the Lord, the Lord blessed Abraham. He made him the father of many nations. Abraham made him, uh, man, look, Abraham was a blessed man from that day forward. When it comes to jealousy, it'll take over your mind. 
it'll take over your heart. Yeah, it will. If you don't have the love of God in you, jealousy can be, of it could lead to other things. How many people have we known that got killed because they had money in a robbery, right? How many times do we know of people that uh, were killed, right, because the wife moved on and the husband was jealous? Or vice versa, the girlfriend moves on, the ex-boyfriend's jealous. Well, jealousy is not anything to play with. But I'm going to show you what to do to keep your mind off of that. Get a love for the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Get a purpose for the Lord. When you find purpose in Jesus, when you find purpose in the Lord Jesus Christ... You are a new man. The Bible says if any man is a new creature uh, in Jesus, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. When you become, when you give your life to the Lord and you put it in your heart, say, Lord, I will serve you with everything in my heart, everything in my mind, everything with my hands. I dedicate this all to you. The Lord will take all the hurt, all the pain out of your life. He will take all of the bad thoughts and memories out of your your mind. The Lord will give you a new mind. Yeah, he will. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you purpose. Purpose, man. And ain't nothing better than the feeling of having a purpose in the Lord Jesus. Why? Why is purpose in the Lord Jesus so important? Because this world... Is doomed. This world is going to end. This world was not meant to last forever. You see the scientists, they're all talking about global warming and trying to find ways to eliminate greenhouse gases. I'm here to tell you, there's nothing the scientists can do to stop it. Why? Just this is all the doing of the Lord Jesus. This is all coming to an end because the Bible speaks of it. I don't care what how man thinks he's smarter than the Lord. You can't outsmart the Lord. If the just like you know in uh, you know with COVID and all that, people try to come up with these new diseases and uh, cures for these diseases. And uh, when the Lord puts a disease on this earth, I don't care who you are. You might be able to find a cure for that, and the Lord will bring something else ten times worse. You know, and when the Lord brings, because the Bible speaks of the Lord putting diseases on mankind. Yeah, it does. The Bible speaks of this. But, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll put this past you. The Lord says, He can heal all. The Lord can heal all if you come to Jesus. There's nothing that the Lord can't do. He, he rose the dead. He healed the blind, right? He healed people from all manner of diseases. There's nothing that the Lord can't do. And if there's, at the same time, there's nothing that the Lord can't impose. He imposed diseases on the world for sin. He imposed death on the world for breaking his commandments. When you have purpose in the Lord Jesus Christ, your mind is focused You're locked and cocked on the Lord's will. When you got the will of the Lord in your life, nothing will stop you. What can separate you from the love of God? When you got the Lord in your mind and in your heart, day in and day out, you are a new creature. 
Jealousy has no domain. Sin has no domain when you have the spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. None of these things have domain anymore. So, you know, I come with this uh, quick little message for you to give you some inspiration, to give you some hope, right? But to a person that doesn't know Jesus, let's find out why the Lord even came to this earth, right? It's important to know who you believe in and why that man came. And we're going to go there real quick. Let's go to John 3.16 real quick. Yeah, let's do that. Because Jesus came here for a purpose. He didn't come here just to uh, waste time. He actually came here to save mankind. Because after, you know, Adam and Eve, they committed to sin. Uh, at that point, no man could go to heaven, right? Because the Bible says sin cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, what did Jesus do at this point? He came down to the world, took on flesh through the Virgin Mary. So what happened was his spirit was put inside of Mary, right? The Bible says he did all things like from that point after conception, when the spirit was dropped into Mary, when he was born, he did all things like a man. He had a regular job, right? He had to obey his mother and father. You know, he did all things as a man, minus the sin. The Bible doesn't speak of Jesus doing any sin, because Jesus cannot sin. The Bible says, let every man be a liar, but the word of God be the truth. Jesus is the truth, the way and the light. So let's see why he came to this earth. We'll start at John chapter 3. Uh, no, we're not going to go there. Correction. One second. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 1. There we go. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So in the beginning, beginning of everything, there was the Word, right? And the Word was God. The Word was with God. So now we're talking about God, right? A lot of people like to reference God, say, God this, God that, God's in the sky. They give God the reverence, but they don't title his name. So now let's see what God did in the beginning. So we drop down to 16. I'm sorry. We drop down to 14. Now remember, the Bible said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Now we go to 14. And it says, now the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace. So now this is saying God, which was a spirit, took on flesh, right? He took on flesh. And we know God in the flesh is Jesus Christ, right? Well, how do we know that? Let's go ahead and uh, take three more scriptures. If we can go to Isaiah 7.14. So we're just showing you to look up to somebody and they'll follow after somebody. You have to know who this person is to follow and what he's about. So we know that God took on flesh. We know God came to this world and God is Jesus Christ, right? And Jesus Christ came to the world to save us from our sins. But how do we know that Jesus Christ isn't separate? How do we know that he's 
the Son, and God is separate as the Father. Well, let's take a look here. Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah 7, 14. This is going to show you that Jesus Christ is not separate. But actually, he is one. And it goes hand in hand, right? And the word took on flesh, right? It also said the word was God. So John 1, 1 said in the... The beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. So now we're referencing God in the beginning. And then 14 said God now took on flesh. So now let's take a look here. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. So this is. The Lord giving the whole world a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, think about this. Somebody never had sexual intercourse. How can you bear a son? Well, that goes, that complements God, right? That complements the power of God, right? God put his spirit inside of the Virgin Mary and she was impregnated through the Spirit of God. So even from his very existence into the world, there was power behind it. It wasn't natural. It wasn't like your mother and your father when they got together and here you come. No. The Spirit of God dropped inside of Mary. So now this is Lord saying here, therefore the Lord shall give you a sign Behold, a sign. I'm going to give you a sign. Let's go back. Just think about what he said. This is God. Now, I'm just going to act like I'm God. I'm God. I'm going to give you a sign. A sign is something that is not normal, but will grab your attention. Therefore, the Lord shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. That's the sign. She never had sex, but yet she's pregnant. I'm the Lord. I'm going to give you a sign. Right? Now let's go ahead and drop to 9 and 6. Now keep in mind it says he shall be called Emmanuel. That's very important. What we're doing is we're cross-referencing John 1 and 1 and John 1 14 where it said in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. 14 said and the word took on flesh and dwelt among us. So now we know God took on flesh and dwelt among us. And now we're going to find out what we call God. Because he has to have a name, right? Bible said we were made in his image and likeness. So the same way we have a name, God has a name. Because we were made after him. Verse 6, 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born. So now this child is born. After being, after virgin being impregnated by the spirit of God. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And watch this. The government shall be upon his shoulders. This is another sign. No child can bear the weight of the world on his shoulders. So this shows you right here that this child being born is of supernatural power, of power that no human being possesses, that is out of this world. This child is different. This child is... Uh, nobody can do the things that this child does, right? And his name shall be called Wonderful. Now we're going to get into these titles, right? Jesus Christ... 
has many titles. God has many titles because they are one and the same. The Bible says, if you have seen the Father, you have seen the Son. Me and my Father are one. Now, Jesus doesn't lie. So if him and his Father are one, he means exactly what he's saying. So now we're going to get into the titles of God because a lot of people try to separate Jesus as the Son, God as the Father, and then there's a separate entity as the Holy Spirit. But this right here, this scripture tells you, Isaiah 9 and 6, that this child being born has all those titles all in one. All right. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Now, the child being born, his name should be called Wonderful. One of his titles, Counselor. Hold on. Now, this child being born is a counselor and he's wonderful. Child doesn't even reach the age of one yet, yet alone six months. But he's a counselor, right? The mighty God. Look at that. The mighty God. Not just a regular God. Because there's many people that claim to have gods here. Buddha, yada, yada, yada. But he's the mighty God. The Alpha, the Omega, the Supreme. There's nothing higher than him, right? The everlasting Father. So now look at that. Let's look at these child's titles, right? It just said he's the mighty God. So people try to separate Jesus as the son and God as a separate individual. This child, his title is the mighty God. He's the everlasting father, right? And then it says he's the prince of peace. Now, if you do your research, the prince of peace is the Holy Spirit. So this child, this child that is born of the Virgin Mary, his title is... The mighty God, the, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He's the Father, He's the Son, and He's the Holy Spirit. All three in one. Now we're going to go ahead and go to Matthews chapter 1. And we're going to end it off on this. Verse 21. And we're going to go back to Emmanuel, right? And she shall bring forth the son, talking about the Virgin Mary, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord. Remember Isaiah 7 and 14, where it said the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child, right? It's going back. The word is just cross-referencing itself. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, what's the significance of Emmanuel? Which, being interpreted, is God with us. So, this is just telling you right here that Jesus Christ was God. Remember, we just read uh, John 101 in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And then you drop down to 14 once again and it said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So God took on man's flesh and dwelt in the earth. And we drop back down to 23. It says, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call 
his name Emmanuel, another one of his titles, which being interpreted is God with us. So when the Virgin Mary birthed Jesus Christ, that was God with us. Now we got to look at the context of these scriptures. The book of Isaiah is the Old Testament. So they foretold of the coming of Jesus Christ before he even hit the earth. That's why I said that it might be spoken of the prophet, right? The prophet spoke of the coming of the Lord in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, which is Matthew's, it speaks of his arrival. So if you're going to look up to somebody, if you're going to base your life decisions on something, why not the everlasting God, the Prince of Peace? Why not focus on something that will give you power? Jesus will give you power. The last thing we're going to end up, we're going to, I'm going to end you with is how to receive that power, right? So now if you believe in Jesus, then you will receive the power as long as you follow after the commandments. You believe and then follow his commandments. We're going to watch this. We'll go back to John. John chapter 3. We'll start at 1. Now that Jesus Christ is on the earth, during this time, you know, you had Pharisees. They were the rulers of the Jewish temple, right? They knew about the power of Jesus. They knew about all the things, all the great things he's done, right? They had heard about all the people he healed. And there was a woman with a 12-year issue of blood. She touched his the hem of his garment and was immediately healed after 12 years of of issues with her blood that she was going through. So the Pharisees weren't stupid. They knew that this guy was different, right? We're talking about Jesus. So we'll read at John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And why did he come to Jesus by night? Because the Pharisees despised Jesus, right? Because Jesus Christ came bearing the truth. The Pharisees, man, they were stuck on Moses and the law of Moses, and they wanted to do things the old way. But Jesus came to bring something new. He came to bring salvation. Watch this. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered, and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And watch this. This is very important. Unless you are born again, I don't care if you're the best person in the world. You give to all the charities. You spend your time at the nursing home. You spend your time at the prison. Uh, you do a lot of good works in the community, at the schools. Uh, you stand out guy. It doesn't even matter. This right here says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, now this is coming from Jesus now, God, except the man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He cannot, no way, at all. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit, right? So a human being born of the flesh, that's the flesh. Jesus, which was God, who was already around before he came into the world through Mary 
he was already around. The Bible says he's a spirit. And they that much worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and truth. But to get into heaven, you have to follow the word of God, which is the truth. He said no man can get into heaven, right? Unless he's born of the spirit. So how are you born of the spirit? We'll show you. Marvel not that I sit and watch this. Let me go back. I'm sorry. Really, really, Jesus answered. Really, really, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now watch what he said. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth the word listeth, and thou heareth the sound thereof, but cannot, cannot tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. So now key word here. To get to, to let's break it down. To get to heaven, you have to be born of the water and the spirit. There's two criteria, right? So, if you, we're going to go to Acts 2.31. And I'm going to show you, you can knock out two birds with one stone. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. So I ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Every man sins every day. You continually ask the Lord to forgive you each and every day of your sins. Because sin can't make it into heaven. Even after being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, we must continually repent to the Lord for the sins that we've committed throughout the day. So now let's go back to Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Now watch this. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Notice it didn't say if you go into an upper room and Terry and all that. It didn't say maybe in a couple of months, maybe in a couple of years if I feel like it. It said this, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, which is the forgiveness of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So when you do that... You knock out two birds with one stone. When you go down in Jesus' name, you receive the Spirit of God and you're baptized with the water as Jesus commanded in John 3. Now, let's see what shell means. Let's see what shell means. Shell is frequently used in promises or voluntary actions. So shell, to break that down is a promise. You will get it. So to end this, if you want to focus on something, focus on Jesus Christ. Don't focus on what's going on around you. Don't focus on what people have or don't have. Focus on yourself and your relationship with God. And God will take all the old things and make them new in your life. Thank you for joining. Hey, you guys have a great night. And I will catch you guys next time. Bye-bye.